Alright guys, welcome to a very special episode of Loot Time. This is a, kind of a random episode that I just threw out there. Um, as you know, today is Halloween, or if you listen to it a little bit after Halloween, we put this episode out on Halloween. Um, that's because um, the past weekend before Halloween, I was at Crypticon Minneapolis, and I had the pleasure of interviewing four uh, celebrities there that have been in horror films or are part of the horror genre and do an absolute amazing job with their careers. And I got to sit down with them and ask a few questions. So up first, we have uh, Marshall Bell, Casper Van Dien, uh, Chris Mulkey, and Dana DeLorenzo. That's the order in which the interviews will happen on this episode. Um, in the notes of the episode, I will put what time each celebrity shows up. So just in case you don't want to hear one of the celebrities, uh, you could fast forward to the one you're looking for. So without further ado, here's Marshall Bell. So we're here at Crypticon 2018 with Marshall, Marshall Bell. Bell. Marshall Bell here. Um, he's been in uh, such movies as uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Identity, Total Recall, and Dick Tracy. Dick Tra- I love Dick Tracy. Twins, Airheads. Nice. Yeah. So Dick Stand Tracy. Stand by me. Yeah. Yep. So Dick, Dick Trace, Dick Tracy. I, 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 I honestly love that movie, and I've seen it a million times. I can't honest, honestly remember what what was your character in. It's this character right here, and he's the cop who pushes Madonna into a car, and then I put Paul Sorvino into a cement bath. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm working directly for Big Boy, who's the. Uh, Al Pacino character. Yep, absolutely. I bet, I'm guessing that movie was absolutely fun to, to work on. Great fun because everybody was treated the same. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, so you're sitting out there with Madonna in the same circumstances that you're sitting there with everybody else. Is kind of, that won't ever happen again. No, no. And uh, Warren Beatty, I'm sure, is still a character. I'd love to meet that guy. I mean, he's... Well, I'm fortunate enough to be able to call him a friend and... Uh, He's been a very big influence on me and been a big help to me in my acting career. Huge help. That's really awesome. So we're here today at Crypticon, um, and we're going to be getting into curses and being cursed. But first up, what what drove you to horror movies? What What do you like about the genre? Okay. It's chicken before the egg, okay? So... Uh, I got asked to do a, 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 movie, a small part in a movie called Birdie, which was not a horror movie. It was a kind of a weird movie, but uh, and it, 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 it and then I got asked to be represented by an agent, and then I wanted to build a resume. So the next thing that happens is I did another little movie, and then along came an audition for Nightmare on Elm Street. And I just wanted to do an, uh, another movie. Okay. And I had already been hired for Stand By Me, but I wanted I, I had time to throw that little Elm Street movie in. And then by that time I did Stand By Me, I'd have uh, I'd have had a, 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 I had three movies under my belt, and I went up and did Stand By Me. 
And uh, and once I did Elm Street, then I was interested in the genre. Okay. So Elm Street hooked me to be interested in the genre. Good, good. That's awesome. I, so uh, uh, actually Elm Street prompted me to be more interested in the genre. Okay. And then I started getting hired a lot for the genre because I was in the genre already. And did you like kind of the blood, the gore, the, the guts of, of it as well? I, I, uh, part of what got me into the genre is the total admiration for the art that these prosthetics makeup people do. And I'm a big fan of all of theirs. And it's a lot and different. I've had a lot yeah. of it glued on me, and I've been a lot of uh, participated in blood and gore to the extent that I've had my entire thorax punched out by a robot and all my guts thrown out and everything. And it's a lot different, obviously, back in the 70s and 80s than it is now. Now you can do it with CGI, and it's not a lot, and it's not a lot of practical effects. It's all, you know, CGI. I mean, do you feel that like the prosthetic work is a lot better and a lot more appealing on screen than the CGI? I haven't done. Well, yeah. I have a lot of st to say about CGI. So, uh, I, I, if you don't know, this movie right here, Starship Troopers, yep. was the first time that CGI ever had been mastered on screen. Oh. And since then, they've they've gone backwards. It's one of the best CGI movies there is. So, and, and uh, uh, Total Recall was made before CGI, so then they had to make prosthetics. Yep. If CGI is done well, I've got just as much admiration for CGI as I do for prosthetics. CGI is harder, and at that time, more expensive than prosthetics, which were very expensive. Yep. So. What I'm into is if you can make it work, CGI is fine. The thing is, those of us who have who were baptized under fire and CGI in one of the great CGI movies ever are spoiled, and we'll catch it. And if oh, it, when if you see you it on screen, CGI, yeah. it's just like seeing a speaker drop down into the screen or, <laughs> or something. You go like my disbelief is not suspended anymore yeah and therefore uh, you know that if the prosthetics are really good uh, the chances of that happening are better because everybody just relies on CGI and says oh that's just a snap and that's how that's gonna work yeah how are you doing now and, yeah but yeah and, and, and so go ahead oh yeah so so I mean I've been in a one horror movie in my life which is was was really interesting, and my prosthetics, the uh, the effects person was phenomenal. Like she's out of the Twin Cities, and she worked really really well. And every time I show a picture, you know, of my bloody face, they're like, "Wow, that's it! Just looks so realistic." And you know, that's kind of when I when I meet up with these people on set, I really do appreciate their work, you know, and not having to add it in in post or you know, add something later on that might look better, because like you said, if you can recognize it, it's just kind of going to throw off, you know, everything else. Now, I guess speaking on, on horror sets, do you ever get scared on set, or do you know enough of what's going on that nothing freaks no, you out? No, in fact, I've had people with children uh, call me and say, uh, would you write my daughter a letter because she got freaked out by Elm Street, and then I tell her about it. Yeah. And... 
and uh, you know, I tell her about how mundane the nine hours of being flat down on your back while they glue another back on you with tubes in it to make the blood fly out, and you know, that it's all, yeah. So, uh, in a way, it takes away the fun of watching a horror movie, but now I, I watch it because of the genre, because I'm interested in the work. Okay. And, and obviously, since you've read the script and know what's going on, it, I mean, it is, it ends up being work for that matter, and, and obviously in a horror scene, you have to portray that with your face. And obviously your words and, and stuff like that. I mean, the old, like I said, when I was in the horror scene, my mouth was duct taped. Like, I, I was duct taped in a, in a basement. And so all of the scariness that I had to portray was all through facial expressions and, and stuff like that. And, and can you speak to, you know, what it's like for you kind of acting in a horror genre? Like, how do you get into the mood? How do you act scared in a scene where... By the time they've usually, <laughs> if I'm in prosthetics, they've glued all that on me, I'm horrified already. <laughs> so there's big, there's, there's, there's no a, leap, huh? No, 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 no. That's, that's overrated. That, uh, horror uh, acting is just the same as any other act. Yeah. So getting, getting to the theme, Cursed, um, from what I have seen of your work, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is probably the biggest one, the Curse of Freddy, um, I mean, is that something you're you kind of look into curses, or do you believe in curses, or is it something kind of around this, this time of year? A long-term, interesting question. Um, I believe in certain. I believe in evil. So, insofar as I believe in evil, uh, I guess I believe in curses because. Uh, Evil is connected with that. Yeah. Do I think that you can stick a pin in a potato and make somebody scratch their back 500 miles away? <laughs> no. Uh, but I guess I believe in curses. Is, have you kind of seen it in your life? Maybe like you were on a movie movie set and you're like, oh, this movie's been cursed from the beginning? Uh, Nothing like that. <laughs> funny you'd say that. Um, I've been on weird... Uh, 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 weird movie sets once. I'm not going to tell you which one, but I right. mean, where I uh, actually got sleep deprived because I I just couldn't sleep the whole time I was uh, I was on the, I, I was on the movie. Go Buffs. So uh, so, so uh, you know I just couldn't. It, it, I felt there was something weird going on. Definitely, yeah. really weird. Cool. So obviously Halloween's right around the corner. Are you gonna do anything fun? Dress up? Go out? Well, I live in an apartment house, and usually I go out, and so and, and kids can't get in, and so we usually don't um, we don't have uh, butterfingers or anything at home because I'm usually not around. Okay. So I don't really participate in it. But as a child, I participated in it very, very enthusiastically. Yeah. Did, so were you the type of kid that was same costume every year? Did you kind of mix it up? Uh, I mixed it up, and then I, you know, I grew out of that part of it and became a prankster. Okay. And we always wanted to go collect candy, but uh, I, had, I went one year as myself. And, <laughs> and the parents would all say, and I'd say, Hi, Mr. Pennington, I'm horrible. And they said, yes, you are, Marshall, that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Have you ever went as like your your favorite celebrity growing up? No. No. Uh, or favorite actor growing up? No. Uh, pretty difficult. My favorite actor uh, for many for a long time was Sidney Poitier. Okay. Quite difficult to do that. I'm guessing doing the blackface would Not definitely good. get you in trouble just a little bit. Well, it got a lot of people in trouble lately. Yes. Sure. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's all the loot time I think we have today with uh, Marshall Bell. Thank so you. thank you uh, so I much I for doing this. Curses, I don't. Oh yeah. I'm not, I, I do believe in evil. Yeah. Dude. So that's why these movies. What about the Chicago Cubs curse? The goat? Are you a fan of baseball? Well, they're not anymore. Well, they, not anymore. Not. But did you think they were cursed? No, I don't buy no, that. No, no. I figured the Red, or the Sox, Red Sox. I figured they'd all win sooner or later. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Wasn't Marshall Bell awesome? Man, he was so much fun to talk to, so down to earth. I really enjoyed what he had to say. Um, So that was really, really good. So up next, we have Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. And what we mostly talked about was Sleepy Hollow. Enjoy. So I'm here with Casper Van Dien here at Crypticon. Welcome. How, how much fun is it so far being at Crypticon in Minneapolis? It's always a, a lot of fun to be around the fans, the people that like, like movies as much as I do, and also my fellow cast mates. So yeah, I see uh, pretty much all four of them <laughs> here yeah. with you, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, so obviously this is a horror convention. We're close to Halloween. What, what drove you to... I guess you've done one horror movie, Sleepy Hollow. What, what do you like about the horror genre in general? Well, I've always been a fan of the horror genre. I've done a couple of different things. I did The Pack, which was a film that did really well in London, and, and it was a, a Sundance. It won some stuff, too. And, and I just did a, 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 a werewolf movie with, with my wife and Patrick Muldoon, another cast member from Starship Troopers, uh, called Alpha Wolf that's coming out in November. So I've done a lot of different you know, horror movies, too. And I, I love all movies in general, but uh, it's always fun to be in, in that genre because the fans are just so... Uh, you know, intense and loyal and excited, and you know, it's it's just a, a great uh, film to be a part of. Is is a horror film, I think. So. Yeah, cool. Um, so obviously, Sleepy Hollow is a horror film. It was taking place in the 1700s when curses were kind of big. Um, do you do you believe in curses? Well, oddly enough, I'm the only Dutch American, uh, colonial Dutch American, that was in. Sleepy Hollow, and that's uh, Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. They're all they were Dutch. Uh, you know, when the Dutch came over to America and they colonized here, they had these stories that they started taking. They're unique to the the Dutch people, and then Washington Irving took those and then made, wrote them down, and then he became the author of them. But they were actually just folklore and, and stories that were told within our our community. My grandfather used to do these to me, so we, we were told these. I think they did it for the children to stay at home and, and just different things. So I think it was just. That's the reason why they were made. So, but I got to be the only one that was really in it. And in real life, my character, Bomb Van Bones, I play there. But in, in real life, the Van Deans, my last name, and Katrina Van Tassel were related. The Van Tassels and Van Deans are cousins. So did you believe in that curse, the curse of Sleepy Hollow? No, I don't believe in curses. No, okay. All right, so what was it like on set? Was it really creepy? Well, I mean, obviously, you got the smoke, the fog, the nighttime. Was it... Honestly, you're just around a whole bunch of super talented people, so uh, the creep factor, it, it, 
you know, occasionally, yes, there is when you're out in the woods. You, you, you know, there's always something like that. I think that's a, a you know, a normal human fear you have, with the unknown or what, what could be behind you in the dark. It's yeah. always something scary. So, so on set while you're shooting, you kind of had that atmosphere where it just seemed like well, yeah, something you, could jump out at you. Sometimes I guess you something <laughs> like that. Did uh, Johnny Depp pull any uh, on-set pranks at all? I, I don't remember any on-set pranks. He was very professional and awesome to work with. Yeah, I feel like he's just a character that, you know, I mean, he's a character actor, obviously. He does a lot of different parts. Well, he's and, a leading man, too. I mean, he's, yep. a, he's, a, he's an amazing actor. Yep. Super talented and just a really kind man. And Tim Burton's atmosphere in the Creep Factor as well must have played into his role, because of all of his past movies, he kind of brings a really good you know, creep factor to movies as well. I think he's one of the most talented directors we've ever had, and I, I love his his artistry, and I love, I mean, he's such a, a professional artist, he's such a great talent, so, uh, and he's got a, a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor, and he's just one of the most talented people. Cool, so last question, obviously Halloween's right around the corner, you do anything fun for Halloween, dress up, maybe go in your Starship, Tro Starship Troopers outfit? Uh, mostly, I've gone with a big giant Casper head, and I used to walk around with my kids, and people would go, oh my god, there's Casper, and I would turn to my kids and say, how do they know it's me, and my kids would always be like, See, the funny thing is, I have a kid, and his name is Elliot, so this is his first Halloween, and we were thinking of dressing him up in a red hoodie, jeans, taking him out as Elliot from E.T. The ready to go. I know, it's not, not a lot of work. Not a lot of work, that's, that's how I run. Awesome, well that's all the loot time we have with Casper Van Dien. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. So that was a good short interview with Casper Van Dien. Um, friendly guy, um, unfortunately didn't have... As much to say as I would like, but very good, fun to talk to. Um, up next, we have Chris Mulkey. Um, um, you probably have seen him in uh, Twin Peaks, and he was in The Purge and a few other movies. Here you go. So I'm sitting here uh, with Chris Mulkey, um, better known from Twin Peaks and The Purge and a lot of other stuff you've been in. Grimm. Yep. Um, what else you got? You got a lot of stuff. You got um, too much stuff. No, I never have too much stuff. No. I have a new movie coming out uh, December 25th called On the Basis of Sex with Felicity Jones and Army Hammer and Kate, Kate uh, Kathy Bates and me. Nice. That's a, that's yeah. a good group. Looking so, good. So to start out, I do have to say we do have a little bit in common. I noticed you're from Wisconsin. Yes. I'm from Wisconsin. Nice. A little town called Racine. Racine, yeah, uh, Viroqua here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you went to the University of Minnesota. Went to the U of M, yeah. So did I. That, wow. I know. Are we the same person? Maybe. Just, a, just a, you're my older self. It seems like. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm plowing the field. I'm cutting the wake for you. It's great. Yep. I'm also into acting. Good. Um, I'm actually doing a lot more crew work than I am on the acting side, but I do love being part of the crew. It's crew's great. It's an amazing yeah. time. So, so what made you leave Minnesota? Did you not want to hang out there? I mean, the, the it seems like the acting scene and the production scene is very good. Obviously, California and New York and areas like that have much better. I was I went to the University of Minnesota and then I got hired by the Minneapolis Children's Theater. Okay. And I produced a film that, that one of the directors wrote over there uh, called The Suitcase. And I took it to the American Film Institute and I didn't get in. Oh, okay. And, but when I was, so I just worked on other people's films for about three months. Uh, when people do thesis films, I would just, yep. I just worked pro bono, right? 
So um, one day, um, Clint Eastwood came uh, when he was doing the uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and a few more dollars, and you know, um, and about only ten people showed up in, okay. the, in one of the parlors of the Greystone Mansion in Beverly Hills. And um, he went around the rooms. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And he came to me, Chris, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm a writer and a producer and an actor. And I want to get over as an actor in Hollywood. And he said, here's what you do. Go back to Hollywood, get with your friends, and write a script that stars you, and you produce it. Don't direct it. I went, great. So I went back here, and I got together with a friend of mine, Alan Fingerhut, uh, uh, who used to own First Avenue. And he financed uh, a movie that I wrote. Um, with my friend John Jenkins, and uh, and we won first prize at the USA Film Festival, which was then the predecessor of, um, of uh, Sundance. Yep. And then ten years later, we won again with the Patty Rocks. Oh, awesome! But in the meantime, so we I won the first uh, the one was it was called Loose Ends. And the feature film, I, I took it under my arm, and I went, well, I'm going to Los Angeles. And I showed the film, people loved it, I got an agent, and I've been working ever since. Awesome. So, do you come back to the Twin Cities every now and again, or do you not have too many roots? I come here? back, I've worked, I've, I've done about six or seven projects over the years here. Okay. Uh, since I went to Hollywood, um, I have a house in Roseville. Oh, awesome. And so, you know, I'm, you know I have... My sister's here. She, uh, you know, she was the one who built the new Guthrie Theater, Diane Brennan, and uh, my brother lives in Winona. So you know, so. Cool. so did you hit up the Twin Cities Film Festival since you were in town? Um, no, I'm, I'm here. Oh yeah, I guess. Conflicts. Yeah, of course. Um, so the reason why I'm here at Crypticon this weekend is because our uh, podcast theme this month was cursed, and uh, obviously you've done a lot of uh, horror things. Um, I would say Twin Peaks is probably your most, I'd say, cursed franchise. I don't um, think so, yeah, because it's magical realism, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the evil spirit in the forest of Bob after and in, in, in everyone and after everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so what, what drew you to horror? Like, why did you decide you wanted to do some the horror genre? Honestly, nothing drew me to horror. I just didn't. I just, people like uh, The Hidden or... Or the movie Cloverfield, or Ghost yep. of the Machine, or you know, of course, The Purge. Yep. Um, yeah, just they hire me for it, you know. But I've done like ninety movies, you know. It's like. Oh yeah. So we were talking about curses. Do you believe in curses? Uh, n- only that people impose them on themselves. Okay, so you don't. You, well, obviously, the biggest curses most recently were the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series, and that was over. So. Were they cursed, or were they just a horrible baseball team for 108 years? Uh, they had really bad management, oh, okay, which was so. hereditary. And it was like, <laughs> it's like a family making bad choices for generations. Or, why are we always insane? And, well, you know. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you were on a movie set that was cursed? Like, just everything decided to go wrong? Or, or where, just... where, as they say, where it all hits the fan? Yeah. Um, no, no. Well, yeah, you, it's funny. I have a movie coming out called The Incident at Sparrow Creek. And at first when we started the movie, I thought we were screwed. I thought this guy was just obsessive, this director was crazy. Um, and it turned out that he was terrific, and it's coming out January 18th. It's oh, a really nice. good movie. So I had I had to take, take a step back and go, maybe my, like, magnetic, like, Prejudgment and chemistry needs to be reloaded. Just so, made it work. Just make it work. There you go. And so Halloween's coming up. 
Um, do you do anything fun for Halloween? Dress up, go out? Well, I, I, I live in Venice, California, so what I do is I stay at my house and I just do, I do Cowboy Bank Vampire, which I, I, I put a cowboy hat on, a cowboy shirt, and then I have big teeth and blood, and, and uh, the kids come over and I'm Cowboy Vampire. So you don't do anything? I mean, Funny enough, so when I, last time I was in California, I met up with uh, someone that worked with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, and apparently they shut down their whole block and do a whole Spider-Man thing. Have you ever th thought about shutting down your whole block and doing like a Twin Peaks theme party with like we, we the neighbors? Did that. We used to do that back in the day. People were on their roofs throwing stuff off and you know, throwing candy from the roofs, and I had a guy... I have a two-story house, and right above the porch is another window. So I put a dummy there with strings, and my kids were in the window above. The, and so when kids uh, would come on the porch, uh, the, the thing would go, ah, raise his hands. We did that. And then on our street, there was a cable that we stretched from one person's house to another. And we had a big spider that was about six feet in diameter, and we'd slide the spider across on oh, the thing. Oh, that's awesome. I bet the trick-or-treaters like that. Yeah, they did. It was really cool. So, But, but now, uh, now the kids... So the kids all grew up, and now people with kids are coming back like you. Yeah. And so we're gonna, it's all flaring up again, so it's great. Yeah. Nice, I like it. Well, that's all the loot time we have with Chris Mulkey at uh, Crypticon yeah. 2018. Man, Chris Mulkey was so much fun to interview, learning that he came to Minnesota for school and still has a house here and has a sister that helped build the Guthrie. Amazing local roots. And... Just his other stories were phenomenal. Um, so last interview I have for you guys is Dana DeLorenzo, actress from Ash vs. Evil Dead. She goes into her childhood and where she got into comedy and a little Ash vs. Evil Dead and some curse type stuff and just other things that make her amazing. Enjoy the last interview of Crypticon 2018. All right. So first question that I had for you is so you grew up um in comedy you grew up doing comedy and being on you know funny shows craig ferguson Gilio. um uh, did you do stand-up uh, throughout no, your career no but you know or? what um i feel like that's that was my roots because i um when my parents got me a fisher price tape recorder when i was two and a half and three years old i think i was like three and i found the cassettes i was before anything else my first performances were me telling jokes to myself and my Muppets and my Sesame Street characters. Okay, yeah. And I was doing great sets. Every and you lined night. them up too, right? You lined oh, them I, up. They were the and, audience. Oh, yeah. sure. And like the thing is, is um, I, I would just tell myself I'd make up jokes on the spot. I don't know. My parents don't know where it came from. Yeah. And I would crack myself up. Like truly, that's why I think I'm hoarse. Is that I got because I have nodules that I got I think when I was three at screaming within the <laughs> laughter at myself. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've had a, I've had a fantasy of, of doing um, stand up, but part of me also wants to like get up there totally deadpan and say the three the three year old jokes I wrote. And they're so but they're like three year old jokes, so they're not even funny. But I want to do it totally straight. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised Craig Ferguson wouldn't allow you even once, not one time to. Be a guest. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you were a guest on there, but you obviously were a regular. Well, but at that point, I was no. There was no reason to be a guest. Like I yeah, wasn't. Oh, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. No way. You. First of all, I still couldn't. I don't think I've been a guest on. Uh, I. Oh no, no, just complete Nito with the clown. I was. I was a guest on that show. I think that was the only late night talk show I've been on. But no, but I started out. Um, that was such a crazy ride because it was. First, I started out 
I went on this audition that I had no idea what it was. Like, yep. they were just like, you're going to be improvising as this animatronic rhino. Well, I didn't yep. think I was going to have to control it. I'm not a puppeteer. All these things, like, I've had to learn how to puppeteer on the day. And then later in Astral's Evil Dead, I just had to learn how to, like, do it, like, for at least the first half of that whole thing. Exactly, So, it's yeah. really hard. Can we just give credit to puppeteers? They make it look very easy. Definitely. Um, but, so, I go into this audition to do this... Just, I don't know, start improvising with him as this rhino, which this guy comes up with like an airport, airplane control thing, and he's like, this is the eyes, this is the up and down, this is the mouth, and I was like making the eyes move when it was supposed to be the mouth, it was crazy. Um, so, uh, and then, I did that for I think two whole shows, and yep. then Greg was like, um, okay, this is getting a little peewee playhouse. I didn't like, that was a terrible He's like, he's, he just said, I'm going to just do something. We're going to figure something out. Yeah. And then we just did that sketch as a CBS executive where I got, I was like sitting next to him in the chair. Then that was like written out and we did it. Yeah. And then that got done. And for the, that was like at the top of the show. And then for the rest of the show, he's like, all right, you can stand there. You're going to improvise. Just improvise. Just go with whatever I throw at you. And I was like, what, what? And he goes, just keep playing that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm oh, doing well, a terrible disservice of that accent. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> sorry, Scott. Um, so literally, I never knew what it was, what I was going to do. And I was mostly just in awe of Josh Robert Thompson and, and Craig Ferguson. And yep. they just improvise every night. That's all. None of it. Like, he's, like he just improvises his monologue, all of it. Yep. So hats off to them. But that was one hell of a ride. Cool. And so how did you get from wanting to do comedy into the horror of Ash vs. Evil Dead? Did you... Watch, watch Evil Dead growing up? Were you just a fan of horror in general? Both, or? yeah. I loved, um, actually, going horror and comedy. Um, my dad, my brother and I performed when we were... Uh, he's, he was six at the time. I was ten. We did um, Abbott and Costello's Who's on First for, okay. my, for my middle school variety nice. show. And then that was my first paying gig. I think we made, like... For six weeks, I think we made twenty bucks <laughs> at it for like meeting like in total, yep. and we would perform it there. But in order to understand who they were, my dad went to Blockbuster Video and got yes. a VHS of Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein, okay. and like all the you know those those horror comedies back like the Dracula and or was yep. it Dracula? Frank, they needed them all like the Mummy. They had yep. all those here. So that was actually a, a big influence on me. Okay. And then, so that's why I actually really loved horror as a kid. I was a huge, like, R.L. Stein fan. Also, are you I, I love R.L. Stein. And Are You Afraid of the Dark? Actually, we just went to the, um, I've never been to the Mall of America, and that was the yes. only place open, like, they had a place open yep. last 10 o'clock after this convention last night. And I was in there, and I swear to God, you can ask my, my friend Chuck over there. I said, have you ever seen Are You Afraid of the Dark? And he goes, no. And I said, this is like the scariest episode where they get trapped in the mall. Yep. I still, I as an adult, it. I know, but as an adult, I still have nightmares about it. And like with coming out with the, with the, um, malice, mallet. Yep. Oh my God. So yes, I was. And then I saw The Exorcist was my first horror film with my okay. parents. And I always like had a, held a candle for Linda Blair and always wanted to play Possessed. I got to do that on this show. Oh, we go awesome. back to the jokes. I get to tell jokes. I'm doing puppets with my sister. You know, all of the things got to come to be. Um, and uh, so I would say, uh, to answer your question the yes. long way, uh, this is why I have to become an actor so I know when to end a sentence by having dialogue written for me. Um, yes, I, I was both uh, a comedy and horror since I was a kid. And I saw Army of Darkness first in high school. And I didn't truly appreciate it or get it. Yeah. Until I saw then Baba Hotep in college, and then I went back. I'm like, oh, that first camel guy, and I and I loved it. I loved all. I uh, yes. So I got to do it all, and and um, you know, when you're an actor, you're not really necessarily picky. When you're just you know, you're you're 
are just wanting to do good work. Yes. But yeah, this, yeah, yeah. for me, like, I really responded to this from the get-go, and I never thought there was a chance in hell I was going to get it. Cause and like, obviously working with Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and those guys, obviously they must have been idols Flawless. of yours. And Yeah, I mean, and Lucy, for God's sake. So yeah. Lucy Flawless, as they call them. <laughs> and then later on, I mean, then I get Ted Raimi and Michelle yeah. Hurd and Lee Majors. I mean, yes. really, um... I, I'm really, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not uh, very um, aware and grateful of that I actually get to do this. So it's, it's, yeah. it was, it's work, like it, we, it's, it's, it's fun, but it is, it's like, you know, when you're hanging upside down by your ankles, by a possessed tree for 12 hours, you get a little bit of a head rush and pine needles in places you're not supposed to get them. And you're like, oh, okay, I just want to shower. And you look back and you're like, man, that was like the hardest days end up being the most rewarding, especially on a show like this. And at the end oh, of the exactly. day, I, I watch along with you guys and yeah. um, uh, I just I mean, get, as, get as surprised and laugh and scream as much as you do. Do you get scared more while on set yes, filming? Yes, Oh, sorry. Oh, oh you're, you're allowed character. to swear. Um, the, uh, I ruined Sam Raimi's shot, uh, my first, that first episode. Because um, when the, there's a dead arm that comes through when I'm back, like, it gets really quiet and I'm backing yep. up into the window. And um, they had to set up candy glass, which is the thing that the people shatters, can break through, which yep. actually can still cut people, right? Yep. So it took them like a solid hour. Like, that's, we don't have that kind of time on this show. And plus it's Sam Raimi and it's my first, you know, it's like maybe my first week. I don't even know what's going on. And he's, and so we rehearse it, we rehearse it, we rehearse it, like, before they put in the glass. Because they really can only do one take. Yep. And so I knew I had to back up and hit my mark. The famous story is, not famous, it's infamous, it's mean ruining Sam Raimi's shot, um, is, um, he goes, okay, we're ready, we got it, great. Hell's action, do it, hit my mark. The dead eye arm breaks through the glass and it scares me, even though I knew it was coming. Yeah. It scared me so much that I ducked and screamed. <laughs> so imagine the camera is yep. like just looking at an arm swinging because he can't find my neck to choke me. Yep. And Samuel's cut and he goes, okay, uh, Dana, that was, uh, that was great, but we're going to have to do it again now. Uh, and if you could keep your face towards the camera, like the blocking said so, so yep. I can get it on film, that would be great. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm That's sorry, awesome. Sam. Yeah, it's awesome, but it's also not. Like, I, I really have zero acting when it comes to being scared on the show because those deadites are ten times as scarier in person. Honestly. Yep, uh, hats so. off to our special effects team and all of our crew. Yep. Everyone who worked on the show is as passionate as the fans are. That's But awesome. I will tell you, like, they made it so real. Being in that cabin that even Bruce said was, like, an exact replica, it yep. was freaky and weird stuff would happen on set. I'm telling you, our set was possessed. Well, then, weird. that kind of leads to our, our theme, then, is is cursed. I mean, do you believe... That's right. Yeah. That. Now, can I just give you props that you just brought it full circle? I'm slow clapping. That's what that noise is. So, so, so being that this theme is cursed, do you believe in curses? Do you believe this set was cursed? Or, I mean, in your general life, do you... Do you think a curse can happen? Absolutely. First of all, I'm Italian, and so we have this thing called the Melocchio. It's that little horn. Yep. Um, and it's like the evil eye. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely feel like I could tell you some stories of, of being cursed. Um, but my family and I, we all joke about it. We have just bad luck or whatever. But no, and, and I do believe in curses. I do believe in that stuff to, you know, to absolutely an extent. And I'm telling you, I don't care. Like, especially when we were in that asylum on yep. that set, yeah. which was an actual old abandoned, oh, oh like there were like all the Kiwis were saying that I got really quiet because it's very true that that the so it's been told or I don't know if it's proven or what but there were like they would bear like it was an insane asylum and women would end up giving birth and they because they were like I don't know apparently um 
I don't know, either raped or something, or just giving birth in this insane asylum, and they would like bury the babies. And so I'm just telling, I don't know if that's a true, that's oh, what the yeah. Kiwi said. They're like, that's why it like, ends up being a haunted house in, around Halloween. Okay. This haunted asylum, right? Yep. They were places that were blocked off. We have so many things on camera that are unexplained. Like the same, two different cameras rolling on the same shot and one of the cameras would just go black and there'd be a, like a flash that like oh, the, no wow. one understood. Some guy, one of the guys on our crew, um, just a, gla a window shattered on him, cut his entire, for, for no reason. When um, when um, Pep, Pepe, who was um, playing the Deadite, Linda's daughter, when she was screaming, all of the nun pictures in a totally separate room that were both, like two of them, I'm sorry, in a separate room. Totally yeah. different part of that building. Shattered and fell. I, those are just little things. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you could feel it. And also, um, Bruce witnessed a ghost pushing me over and falling, and he can pretend and say, it, I just tripped, but I'm telling you, I turned around because I felt two hands on my back. I was like, what the fuck? Well, at least you're on a show that can be cursed or have curses around it makes the filming a little bit more interesting oh let me tell you it does and my oh everyone's phone would stop working my phone went my phone my phone would literally go on and off and on and off uh, guys I can't and it wasn't the up. cell tower right it wasn't the cell no, tower no why would a phone air, turn yeah. off <laughs> oh I guess and then turn right. on yep and it was full battery. Guys, I'm not even kidding. You can laugh. You ask me. I'm telling you the truth. You're laughing. You think I'm trying to be funny. No, fair enough. Guys, I'm getting very serious. It's very true. I don't care. You know what? Someone who doesn't believe in a curse, where do you He's get gonna cursed? He's going to get cursed. You're, no, no. I don't think they're going to. I would never wish that. But oh, okay. you'll know it if you're around something evil. Cool. Well, I believe in it for sure. Yeah. So be careful when you guys watch the new the new cursed box. Perfect. So that's all the loot time we have with uh, Dana DeLorenzo. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me, and let's let's do some like good. I don't know. We need to do like some good cleansing so we don't leave with the cursing of here. Okay, right. And then right. look, and if your doubt recorder starts turning on and off, you'll know what happened. All right, sounds good. Wasn't Dana De Lorenzo so amazing? Oh my God, the stories she told were hilarious. Well, that's all the interviews I have for you guys from Crypticon 2018. I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I loved getting the interviews from them. So head over to Facebook, um, go to Loot Time Podcast, and, you know, make some comments on the uh, episode. Who were your favorite interviews, who you liked, who you didn't like, uh, maybe your favorite stories. Uh, let us know. Um, it'd be awesome to hear. So until next time, uh, make sure you follow us on our social media. Like I mentioned, Facebook, Loot Time Podcast. Make sure you go to our website, LootTimePodcast.com. Uh, checked out some stuff there. Um, we're at Loot Time Pod on Instagram and Twitter to check out our photos and tweets. And be sure to check out our newest episode uh, where we talk about Better Call Saul. Uh, that comes out November 1st. So if you hear this on Halloween, then you just have to wait a day. If you already past Halloween, then our episode is already out. So two episodes in two days. What? Don't you like about that? So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky, and that's all the loot time I have. Good night. Go.